Hi, and welcome to episode 331 of No Crying in Baseball, the two Nickies, two weddings, two Olympics episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, I'm not quite sure if we're like on Noah's Ark or something or like Maybe. things. Where do you, things come by twos? There's going to be a better place. A lot of two by twos. But, but, you know, you're not with me in the same place, and that makes me a little bit sad. Yeah, but our our friend Chris is here hanging out with us because we are on a Squadcast because I am in Tennessee. I'm in Knox. No, I'm in Maryville, Tennessee, and I hear there are mountains. But today it's been fucking pouring. Yesterday we landed last night in heavy fog. Maybe that's why the the delay situation that I talked about before. Safety and then first. today it's just been fucking pouring. So I haven't actually seen those Smoky Mountains. I've just seen the smoke part, um, or what looks like smoke, but, you, you, but yeah, because you've that's, been that's where smoking? I'm at. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't <laughs> need to know. I don't right. know any of that. I can say that there is great local craft beer here, and we went to Knoxville today, and we went to three breweries, so that will explain my level of coherence and preparation for today because my plan was to finish up my notes in the car between the breweries, but we decided to walk through the rain from brewery to brewery because after the first brewery, that's the way our judgment sort of lied. But it's, it's they were... I'm wearing my skeptical face. <laughs> right, 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 right. We first one we went to, actually, you would appreciate this, was Zool Brewery. Like, Zool, actually, like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Yes, yeah. like Ghostbusters, exactly. Okay. And they had some great merch. I got a t-shirt for my kid because it was that kind of like yeah. you know, gothy, dark kind of merch. And their beer was fabulous. And I'm going to be bringing back two of the um, Zool beers. So we will be drinking those together, I think, next week. One, and even they're flexible compared to, uh, you know, depending on what time of day, because one of them is passion fruit, mango, Oh, brunch beer. Uh, there was one, one more and cheesecake, I swear <gasps> to God. But it's not awful. It, it really works. Wait, all, all we'll, together? We'll talk about it. Yes, we'll talk about it next week because okay. that's when we'll drink it. And it's all got right. a really cute frog on the label. So it's all right, a well, win-win I'm, I'm situation. A little, I'm, a little, I'm glad you're bringing beer. Thank you. I feel better about being separated from you when yeah. I get presents out of it. Um, uh, <laughs> but I was looking forward to getting like another one of those 1911 ciders out of the fridge. Oh. And I realized I didn't put more in the fridge, so I didn't have oh. one. But I have a jailbreak Feed the Monkey, which is a half oh. And it's, it's mm-hmm. green and gold, which is A's colors, which is thematic for today. So I figured that's okay. I can do that. I'm about to drink. I haven't opened it yet. We haven't been to this brewery yet, but this is another brewery in the town that we're staying in, which is Blackberry Farm Brewery. And apparently they have this quilting motif and all of their cans have different quilting patterns on it, which is, you know, I appreciate. That's lovely. Very, very local flair here in Tennessee. Excellent. Hey, um, I have a fun fact for you that has nothing to do with Tennessee, but everything to do with people named Nikki. Um, As I was boyfriend shopping, I realized that in the past, over the past, this is the seven seasons, we have selected nine players, nine boyfriends named Nick or Nikki, and I have selected seven of them. So I huh. apparently have a Nikki thing, and I'm talking about two Nickies today. One's a past, well, current to past boyfriend, and one's a new boyfriend. I can't stop with the Nickies. I don't That's know hysterical. why. That's hysterical. So we, we both have like a, a name repetitive yep. We have a thing thing. going today. So I'm trying to remember what Nikki's I chose. 
I don't know. There's don't, just there's there's so many Nikki's. It's okay. I have to go, have to go right. back into the files. All right. Hey. Well, fun stuff. Can I tell you about what's happening on today's show? Yes, please do. And I don't have to pick up my right. my uh, phone. To, you don't. You to don't. It's all you. just happening. It's okay. all. It's it's just here. All we are at the zoo. Uh, so on today's show, we've got a little bit about past boyfriends. We've got still more awards. We've got new boyfriends. We're kicking off boyfriend season with Oakland and Colorado Rockies. We've got more about Oakland with the A's and the B's, both kinds. The police blotter and cross-training actually sort of cross-pollinate. They're speaking of bees. We've got international baseball. <laughs> and one of my favorite drums of all time is going to Cooperstown. Wow. So cheers to that. Very cool. Cheers to that. Oh, boy. Okay. So I guess I'm going to start. Am I starting the boyfriends? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to open this beer because I haven't opened it yet. I will start the boyfriends because you're starting the beer. Okay, so as a reminder, when we um, do our, our, our boyfriend series in the off season, we each pick a player on every team. And we do a profile of that player so you get to learn a little bit more about them. And we tend to pick them because, you know, A, they're good at baseball. Um, B, they seem to have fun playing the game. And C, there's something else about them that we find interesting or funny or quirky. But the overall, like, test, the litmus test is – would we want to have a beer with them or coffee? You know, we don't need to be judgmental, but likely a beer. We'll be drinking beer. We don't care what they're drinking. Yeah. Um, you know, are, are they people that we personally would want to hang out with? No judgment if we have different taste than you do. But now we're getting to some old boyfriends. Okay. All right. I'm talking about an old Nikki. <laughs> so you may remember Nikki Lopez, who I originally picked as my Kansas City boyfriend this season and I just wanted to do a quick follow-up because we were very concerned that when he got traded to Atlanta his wedding date might oh, be in jeopardy I remember right because it because if Atlanta had made the World Series that that would because you know mm -hmm. at the time he was in Kansas City that thought that's not going to be an issue so we can absolutely plan our wedding for them well needless to say Atlanta did not go to the World Series so Nikki's wedding went on as planned, but there was still a weird thing that happened. At the rehearsal dinner, his friend was using Nikki's phone to take a picture of the happy couple on the phone. Phone rang. It was the general manager of Atlanta at the rehearsal dinner saying, hey, you got to take this call because guess what? You just got traded to the White Sox. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my God. He found out at his own fucking wedding rehearsal dinner. But he's excited because he's from Chicago. Oh, all right. So he said, yay, because A, I'm getting married tomorrow, and B, I'm going to my hometown to play baseball. Wow. So it ended up being just fine, but I just thought that it was funny that something still happened at his wedding. That's the crazy. The other um, previous boyfriend I want to talk about is Nelson Cruz, who we can't stop talking yeah. about because he just retired. He just did his farewell tour um, in winter ball, and he just got hired by the Dodgers to be an advisor for them mostly working in Latin America, almost completely working out of the Dodgers Academy in the Dominican Republic. So he gets to do baseball. He gets to do baseball at home, and he's going to be really good at his job, even though nobody's clear what the job is yet. But we believe in Nelson Cruz, so it's going to be fun. I think it's hard for Padres fans because, you know, the whole Padres-Dodgers thing, and he was just sure. with them, and I think there's just a little bit of like, Oh, well, I mean, we want the best for him, but fuck, that's not where we want him to be doing good things. But, you know, of course. But one of the most important things that we've always said about Nelson Cruz is the way he's the role model for the younger guys, yeah. especially for players coming from Latin American countries. So the fact that he can work with these guys before they even make it to the bigs, I think is huge. I think it's going to be a huge step up and a really good place to sort of insert his expertise um, and his his role modelness, yeah. you know, at that early stage. Yep. 
Very cool. Yep. It's just always good to have them around. So I was now going to be doing a little thing of uh, my formal baseball boyfriends because there are a whole bunch of things that I flagged this week. But I've been at breweries all afternoon, and I was on a plane last night that didn't have Wi-Fi, and I was in the airport long enough to be working on notes, but then the the plane was the delay was not announced appropriately so like every time i went to take out my computer i had to put it back away anyway my my long story very long story way short is that i just have notes on justin turner here because he's adorable so i had picked justin turner as a baseball boyfriend many moons ago when he was on the dodgers still um and then he went to the red sox and did wonderful you know despite the fact that not taking the um what is it the 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 offer that you get his option yeah that's his it. team option yeah right but it seems like he still wants to stick around he's been hanging out in new hampshire he and his wife are having a great time in new england and what speaks to my heart is that he posted an instagram story of him and a few buddies doing a shot ski and that is you know something that i think i've done twice there's a great bar uh, the Big Stick uh, shot ski, of course, near Nats Park that has shot skis. You, you need three friends and, a fi- you know, preferably similar height. I, t- I tend to sort See? of, like, yeah. I, I got to get, like, a kneel on a chair or something. I forget how we compensated for that. But, you don't kneel on a chair. You, you stand up high on a chair. And yeah. It's just about right. All right. Something like That's that. That's it. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I have another thing to add to my, like, I hope someday list for my baseball boyfriends, which would be to do a shot ski with Justin Turner. All right. I, yeah. You know what? I, I think I think it's like when, when kids say, oh, my hero, will you take me to the prom? And every once in a while they say yes. I bet uh, if you posted something, you know, and said my dream is to do a shot ski with Justin Turner, I bet he could make that happen. That you. I mean, be, who wouldn't? Right. Sure. I mean, I no, actually, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> no, actually, what I said was I would do one with you for your birthday if that's what you wanted. Right. Right. Oh, shit. We got to do and that. I, I, would, I would be kneeling on a Right. Well, and if that. we went anyway. in, the, in the fall, then it wouldn't be as crowded there at, at near Nats Park. So I don't think that's ever been an issue for me. That that the the crowd hasn't been the issue. It's a really a shot ski, but okay. Sure. But for you for your birthday, I would do a shot ski. All right. We it's in the plans. Right. Okay. Hey, so we thought award season was over, but it's not. So I'm not going to go through. Oh. There's a whole batch more of, of awards. I'm just going to talk about a couple things. One is a team award. There's a Selig Award for Philanthropic Excellence that's awarded to a team. And the Reds won it this year. So the Reds have a community found a community fund, which every single team has some sort of philanthropic arm. This is the one for the Cincinnati Reds. They have a program called the Reds Community Makeover Fund, which sounded a little suspect to me, but then I read about it, and it's actually really pretty good. They, they created a bunch of partnerships with with corporate partners and community partners like the zoo and also Procter and Gamble, who's, you know, huge in Cincinnati. So they have, they have money, they have people to do work. They have reach for this project, which I really like. So it kind of like spans the community over the past several years, they've spent $11 million in cash and in kind donations, right? And they pick a community every year and they do these makeovers. So I thought, well, you know, is, is this like a, hi, we know what you need. We're going to do this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, excuse me, I've got a little mic situation here because I'm trying to, you know, deal with the mic yeah. and the at the same time. I have not been to breweries today. Um, <laughs> but it seems like they're really like working with the community. Say, what, where do you need help? So for instance, one of the more recent ones they did 
they did a whole range of different projects within one community. Like they created a solar field for an elementary school, the Powers and Elementary School Science Lab. They upgraded a food pantry. They created a mother's room at a health center for wow. you know, for you know for for mothers about to deliver babies. They renovated a community park that hosts events like you know like you know movies and concerts and those things, as well as different play areas. And they upgraded an athletic center with a whole bunch of things. So so they kind of look around the whole community and do these upgrades. So I think that's pretty cool. It's not just hey we're going to do baseball things. It's we're going to do like whole citizen things because we want to be part of the larger community. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Cool. The Edgar Martinez Outstanding Designated Hitter Award was um, won for the third time straight by Shohei Otani. Surprising no one, the only person who's won more consecutive uh, Outstanding Designated Hitter Awards is your pal, David Ortiz, who's won, who won five years wow. in a row. Aww. And again, you know, so and Otani won this in a shortened season, right? He had to leave because of injuries. Relief pitchers. There are different names for the awards depending on the league. So there's the Mariana Rivera American League Reliever of the Year, who was, which was won by Baltimore's Felix Bautista. Ah, the bittersweet. Uh, yeah, on a unanimous vote. And he also had a shortened season. He yeah. was out at the end of August and he had Tommy John in October. So he'll probably miss the beginning of next season. But it was a unanimous vote. So pretty impressive in a shortened season. The National League Award is called the Trevor Hoffman Award which makes me feel good. Um, and it was won by Milwaukee's Devin Williams, who also won in 2020. My favorite thing about this re- this award is that Mariana Rivera and Trevor Hoffman are two of the voters for who wins the award. <laughs> that's They should be like the veto vote or something. Like that's pretty pretty. Serious. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. It's like, you know, if, if something's going to be in your name, you know. Yeah. You know, no, they should have like ultimate control. That. That's why like they should be able to say like if they don't agree, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Um, the winter meetings are starting Monday in Nashville. So I'm kind of thinking that you're out in Tennessee on like an advanced oh. team thing. Are you going to like on the way back, maybe sort of check things out or Nashville's not really on the way back, but I would much rather go to Nashville than to go back to work. Uh, so I don't so know. So all, all of Tennessee isn't within like a stone's throw of where you are right now? Yeah, no, no, not exactly. No. But I bet I could convince some people to bring me to Nashville if need, need be. I bet, I bet that that trip could be arranged. Yeah. The winter meetings are going to go from Monday to Thursday. So we're recording on Saturday, as Potty Mouth said. So you'll hear this on Tuesday. The day before you hear this is when the winter meetings start, and they go through Thursday. The rumors, the things that are probably going to be big conversations are that there might be announcements about Shohei Otani, and Juan Soto is all of a sudden like a big possibility for a trade. There's going to be a lot of conversation about Yamamoto, but as we said before, he's going to take his time making a decision. He hasn't met um, teams in person yet, which he was going to do after the winter meetings are over, but you know they're going to be talking about him a lot. Important events besides that kind of, like we discussed discussions of, of trades and bigger picture things, the draft lottery is on Tuesday, which, no kidding, it's like when you watch the lottery on TV and they have that little machine that blows the ping pong balls up. That's actually <laughs> how they do it to decide the order of, of the draft picks. And on Thursday is the Rule 5 draft, where teams get to, like, cherry pick players that, you know, from other teams that have not been protected by those teams. So that's all pretty exciting. We will report back next week what actually happens, as opposed to just saying now, here are some things that will or may happen. Wow. It's exciting. So the the whole Soto thing, there's a lot of talk about him with the Yankees. 
which is like my fucking yeah. nightmare. So with our baseball boyfriends, we have to pick a new guy every year for each team. So we have shit to talk about. But we get to keep one guy, um, you know, for our forever boyfriend until we get, you know, there's a reason to dump him. If Soto were to sign with the Yankees, he would not be my forever boyfriend. I cannot have a Yankee as my forever boyfriend. No. So No, you cannot. That, you cannot. There goes that situation. All right. Our boyfriends are back. And, uh, yeah, we could break into that song again. So we're picking new guys starting today. And we're starting with the American League with the A's. And I feel like um, I should kick off every time I, I talk about a new boyfriend with the key reason why. Like, what was that thing that, that made me feel like I was connected to him? What's that special spark about him? What makes him a potty mouth boyfriend? So for both of these guys, I had the oppor opportunity to do a pair of Diaz's. So they're both um, last name Diaz, no, no relation, although they, they do both share... Um, a country of, of background. Um, they both have foundations. So this is kind of a cool thing that we look for is guys who give back and especially guys who give back not only with their money, but with their time and with their energy and with their personal connection. And both of these guys are doing this despite the fact that one's a rookie and one's been around for a while. Super important um, and impressive. And so they're both connected to Colombia, even though one is actually Colombian and the other one's Venezuelan with Colombian roots. Um, but the, the mystical thing about this is like numerology shit. So uh, oh, no. Jordan Diaz of the A's, second baseman, is 22 years old. Uh, the other guy that I'm picking, who I'll talk about in a minute, is 33. So if you add their ages, you get mine. <laughs> so that's just, you know, I don't know. It puts it all in perspective. But it's also a lot of double digits, like 22, 33. There's got to be something cosmic about that, right? Two Nikki's, two Olympics, mm -hmm. two weddings. I know. I feel like we've got a whole Kabbalah <laughs> thing going on here. All right. So for the A's, I'm picking Jordan Diaz, despite the fact that when I was trying to – I mean, I felt like this is my guy, and I started looking into him. Second base, 22 years old, probably going to be on the bench. Definitely going to – I. 99% on the bench for next year, not a starting player. And Athletics Nation had this article where they talked about the um, the wheat and the chaff. Is that the the, the yes. metaphor, right? And so for each player, they categorize them as are you wheat or are you chaff? And he was Ouch. chaff. Oh, but oh, I know. And, you, and I'm still picking him. Why? This wasn't a pity pick, was it? No, no. He's adorable. So he's a Diaz. So that was it. It like it allowed me to do this cute. I've got a pair of Diaz's this week. But also, so he he has had his moments. Last season, he had his first three home run game ever, like including Little League, like ever in his entire life. He had never hit three home runs in a game. He hit three homes home runs in a game last May against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So I feel oh, like that see, was... That's, that'll, yeah, I can see that. There you go. So he is, because of that, he is the only Colombian player with a three-home run game in MLB, surprisingly. And the last Oakland A with the three-home run game was Chris Davis, who you, Chris with a K, who you had yep. picked. I think it was our first season, actually, of picking guys. I think so. Yeah, and also that next weekend, so I'm, I'm having uh, some, some happy weekends in December. It's like a good kickoff to the month. 
my cousin and his Colombian girlfriend are coming to visit us, visit us, and we're going to a concert by one of my favorite Colombian uh, rock bands. So I feel like I have this Colombian connection this week. So that's that's all why I'm picking Jordan Diaz, despite the fact that Athletics Nation is a little dubious about it. So Colombia is, for a long time, soccer has been, you know, the main sport. They've, they've been coming up more and more with baseball, and we talked about them winning, you know, the Caribbean Series in their first uh, entrance a few years ago. Both his father and his grandfather played baseball rather than soccer. So he grew up in a very baseball-focused family, and it was that thing that he did with his grandfather. His grandfather took him out to play as soon as he could walk. They went out to the ballpark together. And when he started actually being able to hit the ball, predicted that he would be good and make it someday. But that's, you know, grandfather kind of thing to do. But his first actual game that he played in Little League as a little kid, he had two home runs. So there's a pretty good sign for the future. I also feel like, I, so he's 22. Both of us have 22-year-old kids. So like, again, this like baseball boyfriend name is, is for the alliteration and the cutesiness. But, you know, we, we totally understand that these are just guys that we want to hang out with, have a beer. Our kids would probably want to have a beer with this guy. So he has very meaningful tattoos, as both of our children also do. So he, he signed with the A's in 2016 at age 16. And he was in the Rookie League at, uh, at, at 2017. So yeah, 2016 and age 16. There's a coincidence. In the next year, he was low A. And then in 2019, he got a staircase tattoo on his forearm that was kind of like to uh, symbolize him moving up in baseball. And, and at the bottom of the staircase was a little kid. So that was his first sort of meaningful tattoo. And then there was the pandemic. So of course he couldn't play in 20. And then in 2021, to get back into it, I think a lot of players, I mean, we've talked about this before, that losing the 2020 for minor leaguers is super shitty. And then to have to try to get back into it in 21 and get your mind back where you were. And it was hard for him. And he was a high at that point. And he, he almost quit. But here's the other like, you know, attractive thing for us for, for picking guys is he had daily talks with his mom and his mom was like his cheerleader who basically said, don't quit. You can do it. He listened to his mom. He kept going in 2022. He made it through double A and triple A. And then in that September, he had his MLB debut. And then comes the next meaningful tattoo, which was a big lion on his shoulder to sort of show like, all right, Lion King, now I'm on the top of things. And then he's into horses. So he has a nice horse as well. So anyway, he has some lovely tattoos. I think our kids would appreciate that. And he got up to 90 games in 23. So he's still, you know, maybe a little bit of um, subbing in bench player, a little bit of utility. I'm hoping utility here because that's good for my, uh, for my lineup. Also has played in Colombia, so played with the Vaqueros de Monterrey in the Colombian League and was on the Caribbean Series All-Star team. So was on the Colombian team that made it to the, the Caribbean Series both in 2021 and 2023. And then he was on the 23 World Baseball Classic team. And we didn't see him because uh, the Colombia was in the, um, the group that was in Arizona with the U.S. And they started off like, you know, with um, winning their first game against Mexico, and then they lost all the other ones. Um, he, he's represented by, and I was not aware that this this um, agency was getting so big, Bad Bunny, Carib uh, a Puerto Rican uh, rapper, 
has a sports agency team that not team what's that thing just agency right they agency. yeah they're, they're an agent just stop sooner yeah that's <laughs> who he's being represented by so I, I feel like that is a major step up from the whole Scott Boris situation that he's being represented by Bad Bunny's a- agency but the thing that like over the top you know despite this sort of bench situation that he had his rookie year essentially last year and he already has a foundation because he wants to give back to where he came from and he wants to help kids in Colombia. Um, and so his foundation shows all sorts of local things that the foundation did with him there, including making this lovely park for, for this town. And he was there at the dedication of the park. I learned a new word in Spanish, here it is, uh, agasajo, agasajo, agasajo. I, I didn't write the accent in. Oh, it's, it's probably agasajo, which means um, being treated by royal, like royalty. And it, oh. they, they did this for the men's baseball and the women's softball teams of Cordoba, which is a, a region of Colombia where he's from. And they, his foundation just hosted these local teams before, I think, you know, national competition. And he spoke to all of the players and pledged his personal support. So all of that at 22 after a rookie year, I think, is a good sign. So I'm going to stick with Jordan Diaz. I'm hoping that his numbers can go up a little bit next year so that he can be a contributing member to my fantasy team. But I'm sticking with it. That's it. That's the other thing we need to point out is the guys Mm -hmm. that we pick for our boyfriends for the coming season are our pool of players from which we, the two of us can choose for our fantasy teams. Y'all, if you want to play on our on our fantasy league, we'd love to have Ooh. you. You don't have, you know, those. You you can only have one guy per team, but they don't have to be, you know, this very small basket of of, of boyfriends. Oh, a basket of boyfriends. basket of right. boyfriends. <laughs> so my guys are my guys. Have both been my guys were both drafted out of high school. They're both twenty five, and they both their hometowns are places where I have lived. Ish. Oh wow! How about that? That's good personal connections right there. And one of them is a Nick <laughs> because I can't have enough Nicks. Nick Allen, who I started following in the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. And finally, oh. I'm picking him as a boyfriend. And I had a double check to make sure I hadn't picked him before because all the Nicks. But for sure, I didn't. He went to Parker High School in San Diego, California, and was drafted right out of high school by the Oakland A's in the third round in 2017. And even as a high school player, he was considered the best defensive infielder in his draft class as a high school kid. So that's pretty good. Um, you know, I'm all about the defense is sexy. I like, you know, I like the guys who play on the left side. I like my shortstops. I like my hot corners. We've got a shortstop here with Nick Allen. So in things that I read, you know, when he was in the minors, when he was coming up, it's like, oh, he's a future, you know, gold glove player. He's a defensive wizard. When he played in the Olympics, in the Tokyo Olympics in, in 2021, he was awarded the best defensive player in the whole tournament, not on the, on Team USA, but out of everybody. He was the wow. best defensive player on the all-Olympic baseball team. Team USA won a silver medal. They lost to Japan, but... Nick Allen went three for four in that gold medal game. So, wow. yay. He also also had the bat kicking in, right? He was named as the, the A's best defensive prospect in 2021 by Major League Baseball. Bob Melvin, who was his manager at the time, called him you know a magician at short. All of this is to say that when he debuted in April of 2022, he made his first error before his first hit. 
which would, would all, when he's all about the glove, that was kind of whack. But then everything wow. kicked back in again. But it was like, wait a minute. Are you that same guy that we just said all those things about? He was fine. He's fine. Coming into this season with Oakland, he was competing with another former boyfriend of mine, um, Alenis Diaz, for oh. who was going to be the starting shortstop for for the A's. And and Nick didn't have a great season. He got sent up and down quite a bit to Triple A, but he came up when Diaz. Oh, look, another Diaz was injured. <laughs> So freed up space for him, and then he finished really well. So in August, he's back up. He's back up and playing for Oakland, playing for, you know, in the majors again. Yay, I'm in the show. He had a two-home run game versus the Giants, which was his first career multi-homer game. And I want to read this to you, and I um, hope you'll, you'll get this joke. He said, I woke up today and immediately went outside, and I got some sunlight. And I think that's a big thing. I woke up on the right side of the bed. So... I had another boyfriend this past season who was all about getting the sun, the sunshine before he played. Do you remember who that was? Oh, yeah. That would be Tristan Casas. That would be Tristan like Casas. Sunbathing before playing. Yes. Yeah. Nick Allen and Tristan Casas were on that Olympic team together. So I don't know. Oh, my God. If that's, that's hysterical. where that came from. But apparently the, you know, beautiful day of sunshine that he got to soak in a little bit helped him with that multi-homer game. That's so funny. Later that same month, this past August, he played a game. The, the A's beat the White Sox 12-4. to 4, And in that game, Nick Allen had four hits and five RBI, which were both career highs for him. So, like, he kicked into huh. gear, man. After that up-and-down season, he kicked into gear. So I think he's, like, on a really, really hot streak right now. One of the things that I find interesting about him is he just got married a couple weeks ago on, on November 20th. He got married wow. to, to Savannah Boone whose last name might ring a baseball bell with you because she, in fact, is the daughter oh, no. of Brett Boone. They met is through, that Yeah, Aaron Boone's brother, Brett, you know, the all-star oh, player, Brett. Oh, my God. Right? So they met through a mutual friend in Oof. San Diego. He knew immediately uh, who her family was and said, we did not talk about baseball. I did not bring, like, when we first met, I did not bring up <laughs> what I do. We didn't bring up baseball. That's he said, I so knew weird. nothing I could say about baseball would ever impress her. But apparently he impressed her because they, they just got married. And I checked Savannah out a little bit. And my favorite thing about her was she apparently is very good at Immaculate Grid. And when she gets them all, she posts them to her, her Twitter feed. And that oh. makes me happy. The other um, a, a quietly personal amusing thing about Nick Allen is he's got three siblings, one of whom is a sister who has the same name as Junior Potty Mouth's cat spelled the same way, which is an unusual spelling for the name. Wow. Kaylee. So how could I not pick Nick Allen as my Oakland A's right. boyfriend for the 2024 season. So we're we're clearly going for the cosmic connections sure. over any baseball statistic because that's what this is all about. And I don't know. I think Olympic medalist is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 is not bad. Well, I've got actually I've got a guy with a pretty good achievement for the Rockies. So I'm going Diaz to Diaz here. I'm going from second base to catcher. I'm going with Elias Diaz, 33 years old. Again, that magical double number there. And his foundation, I was... So both of these guys, actually, both Jordan Diaz and Elias Diaz, have got some serious Instagram abilities going on with their like video style and how they're capturing what their foundations are doing. It's it's amazing, like what you you can do sort of on your own, just with a with a phone or and a little bit of a soundtrack. But they both are really promoting what they're doing in a really cool way. 
So he has a quote in, in one of um, his posts that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with a team. And so the idea is that, you know, stick with your team, build this team, whether it's in baseball or whether it's through the foundation in order to make some real change and go far. He's from a town called Maracaibo, Venezuela, which is actually a big city, but it's, it's broken into smaller parts. And it seems like the part that he's from is really humble. And what he wanted to do this year was to bring sort of a, and maybe, yeah, it was definitely this, this year, this off season, bring a beautiful Christmas to his town. And it shows him and a bunch of friends like setting up the big lit tree in the town center and it's really meaningful i mean I, I i understand that there's you know the need of bringing food and things like that and needed supplies but there's also the bringing of joy and making this really humble town sparkle like just look gorgeous for the holidays and the looks of the people coming out and seeing these amazing decorations is also really special and just that he was involved personally. So it shows him with his buddies putting up this decorations. And then also they do things like um, with the local Banco Plaza, when a local bank uh, set up a bunch of kits of school supplies for kids. And so there's another video of all these little bags of school supplies and kids coming through to pick them up and him saying that it was a blessing for him to be here in his community and the opportunity to give the people smiles. And he said, I want them to be able to study without a problem. We didn't have this before, but here we are. So sort of saying that like when I was a kid in this town, we didn't have stuff like this. We didn't have school supply bags that were being dropped in on us. So here we are trying to make that kind of a change. Also, his foundation repaired over 85% of an HVAC system for a facility where um, they provide services for kids with different kinds of disabilities, um, lots of different physical challenges and conditions. So, so sicknesses and, and disabilities. And so like HVAC, super important that you have, you know, reliable airflow there and temperature control. And also his foundation created uh, lights at a local park so that kids could play at night. So sports, nice. you know, get kids out at night. And he said, I try to help almost everybody, especially little kids. We provide food, we provide shoes, things for schools, all that stuff. We started with 10 kids, but now we cover a lot. I wanna help people that don't have money, that don't have opportunities, and it's from my heart. So he's married and he has two kids. And, and, and as a kid growing up in Venezuela, his favorite uh, athlete that he looked up to was Ivan Pudge Rodriguez. His older brother was a great deal older than him and was in the Red Sox system when he was born. So his brother did the, the, the typical sort of struggle, like made it in the minors for a while, never made it to M MLB, played for the Venezuelan league, and when Elias was very young, his brother sort of turned to him. And, and this I feel like kind of torn about because it's, it's beautiful, but it's also like a lot of pressure for a little kid and turned to him and said, well, do you want to make it? Do you want to be a baseball player? And of course, little Elias who adored his brother said, yeah, I do. And so his brother like pushed him to practice and play every day. And Elias said he was a hard coach, so hard I cried, everything. Sometimes I'd say, I don't want to go today. And he'd say, oh, no, you have to go. You have to be tough. But 
he appreciates it now. I don't know. That, that feels a little on the, I don't you know, a little bit on the harsh side, but it's, it's worked out. He played in the Venezuelan League for the Bravos de Margarita from 2013 to th- 2016, signed with the Pirates in 2009, and didn't get a lot of action his first couple years, mostly in the minors. So two major league games in 15, one in 16 without a hit, 17 and 18 about half the season, more games in 19. He was mentored by a former boyfriend of mine, Francisco Cervelli, for a while. But after 19, he was non-tendered and scooped up by the Rockies immediately. Had a strong 2021, so they signed him to a three-year deal. He made it to the All-Star game last year. So ended up, you know, cranking it up with the Rockies where it counted. And he was the first catcher from the Rockies to make it to an All-Star roster. Wow. The announcement video is like tear-jerking. And... Actually, as a a total side note, Charlie Blackman was a former baseball boyfriend of mine from the Rockies. His QR has gone way down. He has this weird cut where it's like all short on the top and long in the back. It just doesn't work. So (laughs) QR, quality hair of of replacement, trademark Ollie. Side note, sometimes I try to go for guys with QR. Actually, Elias Diaz has pretty good QR. Charlie Blackman, not so much. So he made it to the All-Star game. Huge deal. He was crying in the locker room with the announcement. He knew he was going to, he's not a starter. You know, I mean, he's, he's had some solid stats this past year. He, his caught stealing rate went way up. But still, not one of the flashy, like, top 10 catchers of the league. So he was brought in to pinch hit in the eighth inning. And he got a two-run home run off of Felix Bautista, nonetheless. So the Orioles guy you were just talking about and that resulted in the last national league winning the game three to two breaking a nine-year drought of american league uh wins for the all-star game so he was named mvp he was the first rocky to be an all-star mvp and i shit i meant to do the research on this he the rockies it was the first time for the rockies to have an mvp and they were the 26th team to have an All-Star Game MVP, which means there's still four teams out there. Look at right? you with the math. I love it. So <laughs> so I, I don't know who they are. If anybody wants to do the research and the math for me, please phone a friend and let us know. Funny thing about that, though. So he's like, you know, nobody was expecting that much of him in this game. He's hanging out in the in the dugout uh, in like the third, fourth inning with Orlando Arcia, shortstop in, in uh, Atlanta, right? And Arcia turns to him and says, you're going to get home, home run and you're going to end up with MVP. Just like, sure. so I don't know. So please, was it a if, numerology if, or, thing? I bet it was a numerology I, thing. Maybe. If Orlando Arcia gives you any like advice, take it. Um, he was the second Venezuelan to be an all-star MVP after Dave Concepcion in 1982. So, so much on his Instagram account. Go to it. There is a beautiful return home video from seven weeks ago of him just you know showing up back in his very humble hometown and the whole fucking town is out there to greet them everybody in the streets with signs and just a beautiful scene of welcoming him and he says yeah yeah estoy en casa like i'm back and it's huge that he feels this much of a connection to his hometown this much of a connection to being venezuelan 
um, and, and going back to Venezuela when in February 2018, his mom was kidnapped. So this we actually alluded to 10 episodes yes. ago when I talked about the Brewster Gratterall yes. situation with players from Venezuela and all that they've gone through and how Wilson Ramos was kidnapped. And there are a couple other players whose family members had been kidnapped. Wow. Well, Elias Diaz, and so I got some more details on this. He was home. It was February. So he was back home before spring training. He left the house and, and somebody was watching. 15 minutes later, his mom was kidnapped from the house. And it turns out, and this is super shitty, so talking about like the instability of the Venezuelan government and the insecurity of things like the police force, the people who kidnapped her were rogue police officers, five out of six of them were actually former police officers gone bad, and who the fuck knows. Um, but at that point, after she was kidnapped, the Pirates and MLB released a statement basically saying, we are committed to providing whatever resources are needed in order to get her back safely. Um, there was apparently an intense security investigation led by the Sulia Security Forces, the province of Venezuela where he's from, and she was found in the home of a police officer. So there was a rescue operation and they got her out, luckily, safely at 72 years old. Wow. Even after that, Elias Diaz is saying, Venezuela is my country. I feel it's the best, even with the situation we have, Venezuelans are my people. And that's why he's pouring so much effort and energy into his foundation, because he wants to make a difference for the future. He wants to change the country, give people opportunities so they don't have to turn to shit like this. So the, the Colombian connection, actually his late father, and I didn't get details on this, um, uh, like what happened to his dad, but he was Colombian. So he qualified to play for the Colombian team for the World Baseball Classic, and he did. So both my Diaz guys, both Jordan Diaz and Elias Diaz, played together, and there were only two Diazes on that team, mind you. Diaz I? D I don't know what the plural is of Diaz. They were the only two Diazes on the 2023 World Baseball Classic Colombia team that didn't make it out of the pool, but, you know, won that but first game. And you've got both of them. There you go. There you All go. Right. So, And I now I officially have a pair of Diaz's. And I couldn't be more happy for you. <laughs> My Rockies guy is Nolan 2.0 for Colorado. <laughs> so Nolan Jones. Oh, wow. Play this year. That's a big name for Colorado. When the Rockies were in town playing the Orioles, I got to see uh -huh. Nolan Jones play. He also is 25 years old. He's a right fielder. He's from Langhorne, Pennsylvania, which is Philadelphia-ish. So I can say he's, you know, ish, where, you know, a place where I lived at one point. Growing up, he played all the sports, including hockey, which he was very into. His huh. brother is a hockey player now. I think he plays in Ireland right now. But he had multiple concussions at a young age playing hockey. So he dropped it like, you know, in the beginning of high school to focus um, baseball, even though hockey was kind of his first love. He was drafted also out of high school, out of Holy Ghost Prep School. Holy <laughs> Ghost Prep wow. School um, in the second round by Cleveland in 2016. He had a full ride to the University of Virginia. And his dad said this, which I don't know if this is always true, I had never heard this before, but his dad was talking about, I, you know, I'm happy if he would, if he goes to the draft now or if he goes to school and then goes back. He said, either way, even if he signs pro, the college puts money into an account for him to use after his career is over. So either way, we know that college will get paid for and that's important. 
I don't know if this is like a one-off or that's how it always is, but I've never seen that before. So, okay. So he's gets gets drafted by Cleveland. He gets his call up in July of 2022. His whole family, you know, he calls them at the last minute because you find these things out at the last minute. They are near Philadelphia. They're going to Kansas City. I mean, it's an eight-hour drive to Cleveland, but they're not playing in Cleveland. They're playing in Kansas City. So the team helps them get the flight together. They get there. They get to Kansas City before Nolan Jones gets to Kansas City. So they're all in the lobby of the hotel to welcome him, which made him very, very happy. His first game, fine. His second game, he hit a 457-foot home run into the fountains at Kauffman Stadium. So that's a nice kind of like, you know, hi, I'm here in the big leagues. Unfortunately, that was a little bit of a flash in the pan for him. He had a super rocky start with Cleveland. He, you know, he would get invitations to spring training and then get sent right back down again because he couldn't, he wasn't performing. He wasn't doing what he knew that he'd be able to do. So he kept getting sent down to work on this or work on that. And and he said, you know, it was kind of demoralizing, but it was definitely humbling. But he had these lessons from his family about hard work, and he wasn't afraid of it. He said, from a young age, I saw that my dad, whose name is Tom Jones, uh, I saw that my dad works harder than any person I've ever met. He said he works long days, does anything he can to support his family, and showed us all that, all that very early. And I honestly credit a lot of my success to my older brother, Peyton, he's the hockey player, right? So he's up at five in the morning, every morning, wanting to go shoot hockey pucks in the backyard or throw it to each other in the batting cage our entire life. I would say it's been a competition. So he's got, you know, all of these good role models for work hard, get better, make things happen for yourself, right? So he's having this rough time with Cleveland. Off season, goes on vacation to Spain. He's not feeling well. He's in the hotel. He's ignoring phone calls. Finally, he gets a phone call from his mom who says, stop ignoring phone calls because that's when he found out he was traded to Colorado. Oh. And he said, this is, this is interesting. This is like a, this, this quick change of feelings very quickly. He said, I was devastated. I played for seven years and became best friends with all the guys that came up through the system with. I was actually on vacation and it ruined my whole day. I was really upset. And then Aww. I looked, and then I looked at it as a new opportunity. And then he said, like, the first day he was with the the Colorado team, he said, there's a bunch of guys welcoming me. And I remember calling my dad on the way home and I was like, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So pretty good like change of fortune in a very short period of time. The embarrassing and yet wonderful thing. So Chris Bryant is on this team. He Chris Bryant was his like childhood idol. Aww. And he fessed up. To Chris Bryant, how embarrassing is this to say, hi, person I'm sharing a locker room with. I had a picture <laughs> of you in my childhood bedroom, right? Wow. Chris Bryant tells him, if you can hit 20 homers or get 60 RBI this season, I'm going to buy you a Rolex. Nolan did both. Wow. He did both. He was the first rookie to hit 20 home runs, steal 20 bases, and earn 19 outfield assists, and he had 64 RBI. He had a hell of a did season. Did he get two watches? He did not get two watches, it, you know, which is, I think he could have made that argument, but I, he was pretty yeah. excited about getting the win. Um, at the end of the season, he was NL Player of the Week, and he got Rookie of the Month at the end of the season. If it wasn't for that Corbin Carroll guy, 
Oh, yeah. I, I think these numbers would have been a really good shot yeah. for him to be under consideration for Rookie wow. of the Year. And the last thing I want to say about him, which also endears me to him, is you know getting traded from Cleveland to Colorado, where his brother played for the Avalanche very briefly several years before. He said, getting to a city with a good hockey team is exciting. <laughs> so I like that. So I'm excited about watching Nolan Jones, and I was happy to have actually seen him play in person this year. Next week, we're going to see, um, we're talk about the Royals and the Nationals. So if you have guys wow. on the Royals or the Nats that you think we should pay attention to, please feel free to let us know about those guys. Yeah, I, I actually need help on both, despite, yeah. you know, the hometown thing. We're going to talk about Oakland just one more time. We're going from A's to B's here. We're going from the Oakland A's to the Oakland B's. Oakland has picked up a Pioneer League franchise baseball team, right? This is an independent league, which has been in the West, but not on the West Coast. Uh, Oakland's going to be their first West Coast team there, like in Colorado and Idaho Idaho and and, and all in there, right? Their season starts May 24th. They are called the Oakland Ballers so they can be abbreviated to the Oakland Bees. I love that about them. They got the A's. They got the Bees. They're going to keep the colors of green and gold. Good for them. One of the founders... Paul Freeman said, with the Oakland Bees, we're going to bring joy back to the game and give Oaklanders Aww. something to be proud of. They crowdfunded ownership. Right? So they have a couple of founders who put up you know, seed money, but they also crowdfunded ownership. They said, baseball, this is, this is such a great dig at the A's ownership. Baseball is a sport Oof. with deep roots in this country and a rich legacy in the East Bay that could never be owned by one person. So there. And their tagline is built by Oakland for Oakland forever, Oakland. I bet they're going to sell out games, which is unusual for an independent team. But I bet they, they worked with the um, with the sell the team folks, the people who, who, who like set up awesome. this franchise. So I think that it's going to be like, hey, pay attention to us because look, us, we love baseball. Here's us loving baseball. That's so cool. I, I wish the best for them. It's, it's going to – where that fits in the process of the A's actually leaving, that whole question of when the A's are actually going to physically leave and where they're going to go next year is just a little bit like, – On the bright side, there's not going to be a conflict of where they're playing because they're going to be playing at a college stadium. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. All right. So the A's and the B's, that would actually be <laughs> – that would actually be um, kind of fun to have the A's and the B's together for a while. Sure. We could get some C's in there. Sure. Let's go with know. that. All right. I have a very brief um, international report today. Read brewery visits above. But the one thing that (laughs) caught my eye in the Dominican League this past week is Jorge Alfaro, who I adore despite him super struggling last year with, you know, he's just tried so hard to be on the Red Sox and then ended up all over the fucking place. And he was the hero last year in the Dominican League because he was the MVP of the, the championship game for the Tigres de Licey, who won the championship. He took one to the face this past week. The no, poor not dude. that face. Yes, that, that face. So actually, that's a concern for a lot of reasons. 12 stitches to that face. Oh, so wow. no word right now about when he's going to be back in action. But I really hope that everything is okay with him because he just had such a shitty year. I mean, he just got bumped all over the place, and he just couldn't quite make it at the major league level. But I really hope that I hope he's going to be okay. Um, I wanted to add just one more quick reflection on the whole Baseball United thing. I think I was a little bit snarky and a little bit sarcastic about the the whole concept. It just seemed too shiny and 
and I don't know, it, 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 it was hard to fall for it. However, going back to your very first comment about it, which was, you know, if it's actually helping local guys to play baseball, then that's, that's what it's all about. But the, and what I, I think I alluded to not last week is it's not just local guys in Dubai who I don't know how many of them there are who have been, you know, itching to play baseball, but guys in other small countries that just don't have that kind of a stage. I saw this um, interview that I'm going to hopefully link to in the show notes with uh, Jennifer Mercedes, who's La Chica Deportes. If you don't follow her, fantastic follow, especially on Instagram. And she was out there along with the Bat Boys guys. Like there were a lot of social media influencers. I think they were super smart about this, about how to get the word out was through like these people who, you know, are popular on social media, who people look looking at. So she interviewed the Ugandan player, this 20-year-old kid who I had seen before also through sort of like social media uh, resharing, Kenneth Kasumba who had had been uh, pulling together his own posts of his training with things like lifting weights that were actually tires on either end. And he would uh, strap water bottles to his ankles so that he would that would be his weights while he was running. Or he would use cement blocks for, for lifting weights. Like crazy stuff um, to be training, like hard training in the rain of Uganda in this super humble village to be a catcher and he got noticed and and I think that the first one was from the MLB Draft League and he actually was brought to the US last summer for some games with the Draft League and and amazed by that but but Cash Shake the the CEO president of Baseball United who put this whole thing together noticed him through this and all expenses paid for both him and his coach which is you know a, a guy who I and I'm trying to remember what his connection was to baseball but not a lot of Ugandans with international baseball he had played in Asia I think in Japan actually and was sort of the the most um knowledgeable Ugandan about baseball and and recognized this kid for his talents and trained with him so Cash brought both of them to Dubai for this experience and the interview that he had with Jennifer he said when he was back home in Uganda he was eating one meal a day he lived with 18 people under the same roof with his grandmother his dad had died in the civil war in Uganda which was years long and a lot of people either you know just force forcefully conscripted into the military or abducted and his mom had left home looking for work and didn't come back and so he grew up with his grand grandmother but at like age 16 I think is when he started the Instagram stuff it's amazing if you haven't seen him before check out whatever links that we end up posting in our show notes. So I kind of felt like for this kid to be flown to this experience and to get this kind of exposure, like there's the one-time thing of, oh my God, you're in this luxurious situation um, in this uh, you know country that you couldn't have even imagined being fed very well with, and it showed like the juxtaposition of him pressing weights that were like too... Um, cinder blocks at the end of a bar compared to like the spiffy weight equipment that he had access to in Dubai. 
Like that says a lot. And that means that the guy behind it has good intentions. And I don't know, maybe he's just putting his money for good. I'm just feeling like I'm feeling happier. I'm feeling like I'm my vote is going that. to the positive. All right. I mean, it's, it's, it's early. We got to see how things play out. I think, you know, each time, you know, as, as, as the season goes on, we'll learn more. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. And I don't know when they're playing more. Like, they have four teams with rosters, but there's no calendar. So, I to be continued. Well, I mean, they had their all-star game, so what else, what's left, really? Right. That's too true. <laughs> hey, I don't know that we've ever cross-trained with Olympic swimming before. But uh, hmm. we're going to um, – oh, although there might have been a first pitch. There might have been a first pitch. Anyway, it's also – we're also crossing that with our police blotter this week because Olympic swimming medalist Cleet Keller – who appeared in the 2000, 2004, 2008 Olympics, five medals, including two golds for relay, has been sentenced for his actions in the January 6th riots at the Capitol. Oh, my God. He has, he's, he's been sentenced to 36 months probation and 360 hours of community service. He pled guilty to one count of obstructing an official. He had six other counts dropped because he cooperated quite a bit in the investigation. He gave up a lot of information, so they, you know, they cut him a lot of slack there. He wore his Team USA jacket while Oof. while storming the frickin' Capitol, right? He was inside the Capitol for an hour. He resisted the riot officers trying to remove him. So that was the that was the count that he was, you know, finally charged on. So he sent a letter to the sentencing judge, which, you know, you can do to kind of plead your case. And he apologized. He took you know, responsibility. He was very clear, like, yep, this was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. I feel, you know, whatever. He said, as a former member of the United States Olympic swimming team, my behavior set a terrible example for young people who looked up to me. No yes. shit, Sherlock. The sentencing memo by the judge said, as a former Olympian with an opportunity to see up close America's ideals and represent its position in the world, Keller was in a unique position to know better. <laughs> so that happened. That happened. Also, weird note in the news about drug testing in Major League Baseball without a lot of context. I don't know if you saw this. So there was a record... 11,783 samples taken from players in this past season. Never been this many before. For drug testing, only one of those samples resulted in discipline, and that was the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, um, J.C. Mejia, who he was suspended for 162 games on September 20th because it was the second time he had a positive test for stanozolol. Stanozolol. I'm trying there. There's no information about why there were more tests this year hmm. or why they or when they test. I mean, I bet it's in the CBA or something, but it, are tests just random and they just up the randomness? Are they testing when they suspect something? I don't know. Just, hey, we had way more tests this year. Nothing. So I, I had heard about this because Mr. Pottymouth, I was desperately trying to take notes in the airport and Mr. Pottymouth kept cutting me off, giving me more information. And I was like, no, I can't even process the information I have. But he started talking to me about this testing. And one thing that he said that maybe I should have listened to him more clearly was that there was some exception for people who are diagnosed with ADD. Oh, like yeah. Well, I mean, AD that, that, that's, reg that's a regular thing because um, some medication that is prescribed for you yeah. um, can set off positive right. tests. And so that's true. Those actually have gone down. 
this year. I don't know if that's because oh, really? fewer people have these, you know, um, okay. waivers for that or fewer people that they're testing or you know, have been diagnosed or whatever. But yeah, that, that is true. And so, you know, as someone who until Friday worked in HR, that's what <laughs> happens when Woo-hoo. we do drug testing is if somebody yeah. comes back positive, the medical officer, the medical review officer gets in touch with them to see if there is a legal reason why that would be the case. Okay. Including, I'm on this medication for this, you know, diagnosed thing. All so right. there we go. So that, yes, yeah, so that made sense to me too. But why, why were there so many more? There were hundreds of more tests. I don't know why. Wow. Quick women in baseball note. Sarah Gellis is now the assistant general manager for the Pittsburgh Pirates. She, in, she interned with Pittsburgh years ago. She was the director of research and development for the Astros since 2019. And before that, she worked with the Orioles on, on R&D. So she's put in her time and she's now assistant general manager. There are two other AGMs with the team and they're all working under Ben Sherrington, who's the general manager of Pittsburgh. Last thing I want to talk about is um, a drum that I've heard for much of my life, which is the drum that was played at Cleveland baseball games for <laughs> almost 50 years. So same guy, John Adams, had the drum in the bleachers every game. So he that John Adams, yeah that 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 John Adams, the drum in John <laughs> Adams, not it, which is wow, he, yeah. Anyway. Got the drum at a garage sale in the early 70s. He started playing at games in 1973 when he was 21. He appeared, he played the drums from the bleacher seats for almost 4,000 games in almost 50 years and across two stadiums, right? So initially Municipal Stadium, the mistake on the lake, and then, you know, Jacobs Field, which then became Progressive Field. At, At Municipal Stadium, the team put an awning over his seat, so like, <laughs> protect him and the drum from the elements, right? Um, at Progressive That's Field, funny. the team gave away a bobblehead of him and his drum. Great Lakes Brewery created Rally Drum Red Ale in his honor. <laughs> so John Adams passed away early this year, before the season started. He willed his drum to the Guardians. The Guardians put a plaque wow. at his bleacher seat honoring him. And on opening day, they had a wreath there. And people came and paid their respects to, you know, his where, where John and his drum had been all this time. So the, <laughs> the Guardians have, have the drum, and they are renovating their office space. So they contacted Cooperstown and said, yes, please, we would like the drum. So they are loaning the drum to the Hall of Fame. Just alone. So there's a historian wow. for the team who put the drum in his car. And drove up to Cooperstown just like we did. And the drum is now in that exhibit near the end, which has like those little sort of oh. lockers for like your team currently. And it takes up a lot of space in that. But but that's where the drum is. And I've heard that drum since I was a kid. And so I, wow. I can't believe I got teary-eyed reading this story about the guy with the drum in the bleacher seats for my entire lifetime as being a Cleveland fan, which really was um, it made me very happy. And it was very sweet. And I'm, I'm very excited. And now we need to go back to the Hall of Fame again. There's a good excuse to get to get us back out there. That was so much fun. We had such a good time. On I trip. will go back there all the time because it's there's so much there. There's so much there. And every time you go back, there's something else yep. to see. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, hey, so you're going to come back eventually, right? Yeah. What day is today? Today's Saturday. I'm yeah, coming weird. back. Yeah, it's weird. We don't record on Saturdays. I am so – I'm going to yeah. go to work tomorrow or something by accident. Apparently, I'm going to be in the trees tomorrow, 
we're doing some sort of zip lining shit or something. Oh, that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah. And, and yeah. I after. hope the weather is good. So what? Breweries <laughs> after that, not before <laughs> I, that, I think. I, You know, I don't know with this crowd. I'm guessing that there's it'll be both. Um, but then I'm coming back. I'm taking Monday off. I'm taking a day, a personal day from work. And I will, I will be coming back Monday night. Okay. And I will be editing this. I will remember to download before I get on the plane, and I will be editing this on the plane with a tiny bottle. With, sure. with a little, with a little airline nip. <laughs> yes, in with the little airline location. Nip. Hey, so yeah. next week again, we're talking about the Royals and the Nats. So if um, if our friends out there have um, recommendations for who we should pick as boyfriends please let us know and we will take that into consideration and also think about being part of our fantasy baseball league because we would love to have you join us so how can you communicate all this stuff with us sure let's see if i remember this you can find us on that x twitter thing ncib podcast facebook and instagram or no crying and b-ball you can find us on patreon like our friends karen and chris did and they're hanging out with us right now in our little backstage section of this recording. So if you want opportunities like that, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash, I think it's no crying in b-ball. I always fuck that one up. But, you know, you can find us there and throw us just a little bit of money, like a buck a month, and you get all sorts of cool things. And um, we'd love to and have we'll you on. And we break even. Yay! <laughs> yes, we are ever, ever closer. It's one of those like balanced things, like two steps forward, one step back, but we're very close. And yes, we are not quite at the point where you're paying for our beer money yet, but that is an aspiration that we do have. <laughs> and on that note, yeah, I'm going to go have a hot toddy as was recommended by our, yes. our, by our, by our pals <laughs> in the peanut gallery here. I, I appreciate that very much. So our friends, please get your, your booster because you need to get your booster shots for gosh sakes. You're going to send your game balls to Meredith. You're going to fight the man because it's the right thing to do. And until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Wait, did we finish the numbers? I don't think so. I think we should just wing it. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. Oh, the wing. Um, the wing. And a prayer. Both things. <laughs> <laughs>